So in preparation for this tribal, I just want to take a couple of minutes and set the stage of what is going on. And it is uh, more developed in a teaching that I gave a couple of weeks ago up in Laramie called It's All About Father. And again, I'm not going to go very long because I want to give a chance for David to share and for us to pray. But um, I'd like for you to look in John chapter 14. And um, this is a very tender passage of scripture. It says, John 14, verse 1. This is Jesus talking now. And he goes, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Notice the point of reference is to our heart. Do not let your hearts be troubled. How many of you have ever experienced a troubled heart? Right? A hurt heart, a wounded heart, disappointment, even traumatized. And many of us have been traumatized and hurt, you know, not only in our natural families, but in churches. And some of my greatest pain has been in churches. You know? Alright, so he goes, don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. What a statement. In my Father's house are many rooms. Now he's talking about Daddy. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am in Father's house. My job is to get you into Father's house. You know the way to, to the place where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him because I'm the incarnation of the Father. Now, now Philip comes along and here's what he says. Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Show us the Father and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been uh, among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, Show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing His work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. Now I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will even do greater than these things because I am going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, 
so that the Son may bring glory to the Father, you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, all of this divine exchange, all of this passage is about the Father and the Son and what the ministry of the Son is. The ministry of the Son is to reveal the Father to the people that were around Him. Secondly, the ministry of the Son is to die our death and shed His blood on behalf of the human race so that He can open up a way for us to be in the Father and the Father in us. Because the life that Christ lived with the Father, we get to live. How, how, how Jesus lived was the prototype for our way of living, and He lived by the power of another. He did not live through the animating influence of Himself. He lived by the indwelling Father. So he was animated by the Father. He only spoke what, he t- what the Father told him to say. He only did what the Father told him to do. So he had this direct and intimate relationship with the Father. He was in the Father. The Father was in him. And he knew God as Daddy, Abba. Then he revealed the Father. He makes a way for us to go to the Father. And then finally, I want you to look at this one verse because this is going to be the emphases at tribal. This is going to be the emphases of the, of the tribal, uh, of, of our whole um, mandate. He goes in John 17, 25. He goes, Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, which is, by the way, a tragedy, the world still doesn't know the Father. He goes, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. So I have made known you to them, but here's the deal. I will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. So the agenda that Christ has even now was one, to bring you to the Father, but two, to keep, to reveal the Father and to keep on revealing the Father until such a time as your identity is crystal clear as a daughter or son of the Most High God with Father. And your love is exploding inside of you. You know who you are and you know that you belong and you know that you're loved. And thirdly, the destiny, your inheritance as a daughter or a son is unveiling, is unfolding. And so you get to do what he preordained you to do. So here it is. Identity, intimacy, and impact. All three of those are all coming from the Father. You won't know who you are unless you see the Father because your identity is wrapped up in the revelation of your daddy. The only way you can know who you really are is if you see your father. That's why Philip says, show us the father, we'll see everything. Why? Because we won't know ourselves outside of daddy. It takes a father to tell you who you are. You got that? Your father tells you who you are. You can't tell yourself who you are. You can't be self-identifying. And we won't go into that, but that's a long conversation. People that try to be self-identifying and change their identities with their sexual identities or any other kind of identities, you can't identify yourself. You can only be who God says you are. Mm -hmm. Secondly, intimacy. It's the father that lubricates the atmosphere with affection. And he motivates and inspires people to love you. You can't be self-affirming. 
You can't be self-valuing. Only the Father can impart the affection and the love that you need that is necessary to sustain your life. So if the more you try to solicit affection by self-promotion, the harder, the, the worse it becomes. Because God's going to actually resist that. He's going to say, will you rest long enough to figure out that my affection is not conditional on your performance? And so, would you stop trying to, to get people to like you and rest because I'll inspire people to like you uh, uh, in spite of yourself because that's what I'm good at. I'll get people to love and like you because of you, not because of how you look, not because of how you perform, not because of how much money you make, not because of your stature or education, none of it. I can inspire people to love and like you. And both are important. And then thirdly, without daddy, you don't know your you don't know how to operate well in the family business. You know, you have been called to inherit your daddy's business. And he's really wealthy and he's a good Jewish businessman. So Almighty and Sons, Almighty and Daughters has this great business is called the Kingdom of God on Earth. And he is grooming you to rule and reign into eternity. Trust me, he's given you serious brain power, serious skills and gifts, serious desires and longings, and this daddy of yours is setting you up to run a big chunk of the family business. And you're, you're, you're more than your current occupation. You're more, you're, more than, you're more than the little chores that he has you do on the, on the globe. Let me tell you, there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And you're going to rule in that new heaven and a new earth with a new body. So everything that you do, whether it's climb a rock or whether it's, it's teach people to ski or whether it's making little earbuds or whether it's driving a Pepsi truck or whether it's, you know, working on program, computer programming or making cabinets or beams in the ceilings, whatever it is you do, draw blood from people. <laughs> I want to draw your blood. No matter what it is. <laughs> Sorry. It was just too funny. I couldn't resist. No matter what your job would be upon the earth, God is grooming you. He's, he, he's, he's setting you up for something fantastic. Not that what you're doing is not fantastic. What you're doing right now is fantastic. But it's all part of a bigger, more awesome plan. So identity, intimacy, and impact all come from Father. And so when Philip said, show us the Father, okay, we'll see it. We'll have seen everything because a breakthrough in Daddy, a breakthrough in revelation with Daddy changes everything. It heals your inner wounds. It recovers you from trauma. And the traumas that we go through in life are two types of traumas. Type A trauma is omission. Type B trauma, commission. Bad stuff happens. That shouldn't have happened. Omission, try type A. Stuff that should have happened didn't. And there's a vacuum in your heart that you've been trying to compensate for illegally. So omission and commission are two types of huge trauma that, that arrests our development emotionally and relationally. And God goes, I can heal your trauma 
not only can I heal your trauma, I can start maturing you and give you the relational and life skills you need to maneuver through the planet. But the only way it's going to happen is if you're in family. You can't get delivered from trauma or grow without a family that's healthy and loving and life-giving. So I'm going to set the lonely in families. I'm going to set you in a spiritual and natural family. And if your natural family is messing you up, I'm going to give you a spiritual family to unmess you up. <laughs> and it's going to be really great. Well, that's the theory. Now here's the deal. God is so changing the church. He's shifting it out of a, of a program-based design, meeting-based meeting orientation, to intimacy at a heart level so that we can have a healthy atmosphere to facilitate our identities, our intimacy, and our destinies. Because that cannot happen without family. There are two counterfeit fathers that have been trying to seduce you away from your real daddy. Counterfeit father number one is the spirit of the world. It's an actual spirit that uses the world to seduce you out of real dad. So it's sensuality, it's hedonism, it's humanism, it's all the isms. Socialism, capitalism, you know, communism. Isms, 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 and, and humanisms. These are philosophies of the world and also sensuality. Escape with a buzz, you know, smoke the right thing, drink the right thing, get on an adventure, get an adrenaline high, jump off a cliff, whatever. Do something to escape your boring life or your pain and that counterfeit father is the spirit of the world. Counterfeit father number two is a religious spirit. Perform long enough, perform right enough, do the right things, think the right things, read the right things, give the right money, go to the right meetings, jump through the hoops, follow the script, follow the program, perform and if you are good, then you'll get God or God's people. Well, the gospel is just the opposite. Find God and God's people, and then, oh, by the way, you'll eventually be good. But you never perform your way into the love of the Father. So religion is a counterfeit, and it's a seductive counterfeit. It's very, very bad. And it either produces guilt and shame or arrogance that we did some kind of discipline, and now aren't we better than other people? Because we do think the right things, and we did go to the right meetings, and we did read the right verses, and we did write the right checks. And so, oh my gosh, aren't we awesome? And God goes, uh, no. <laughs> you're, you're not awesome because you did those things. You're awesome because I'm inside of you and I made you. And I love, I, love the, I love the hedonist Satan worshiper as much as I love you. But, but what are you talking about? No, I do. That, that guy laying in the streets, smelling like urine and alcohol because he hasn't had a shower for two weeks and he's, he's, he's kind of mentally ill and drug addicted. Yeah, I love him as much as I love you. You do? You love him as much as like Billy Graham or Bill Johnson or Graham Cook or me? I mean, yeah, I do. I really do. So why are you looking down on them? Huh. That's interesting. Maybe I have more religion in me than I thought. So 
those two counterfeit fathers have seduced a lot, a lot of the population. And God is looking for a people that will do the same thing that Jesus did. And here's what he did. Jesus revealed the Father, and he kept on revealing the Father. And God's looking for skin. He's looking for a family that will make the, that will make the Father look good to a lost and dying world. Both to the elder brother, who's a religious the arrogant performer, or to the younger brother who's running like hell to get away from God. And both people are out there in your life all over the place. And he's waiting for you to look like the Father, reveal the Father, and he's waiting for us as a tribe to do the same thing. So what is God doing? He's raising up apostolic, prophetic fathers and mothers. And he's pulling together families on the, and around the gospel of grace. And he's knitting them at a mind, heart, and lifestyle level. And these tribes, these tribes are an f- extended family. They're a translocal family made up of black, white, Hispanic, and uh, Asian, Native American. In, I hope I didn't leave any Hispanic. I hope I didn't leave anybody out. But any, anybody and everybody God wants in these families of families called tribes. And these tribes are what um, will reveal what fathers like. And they will love revival, the presence of God and the power of God and the gifts of the Spirit. They will love the restoring of the church to family and they will love transforming culture on all seven mountains of influence. That's a tribe. That's a Jesus tribe. And so God is knitting people together in these tribes, in these families of churches under apostolic and prophetic fathers and mothers that have the father heart of God and that family will emit the affection of the father to a lost and dying world. That's the story that's going on, the epic story that's going on in the earth. This is bigger than denominations because denominations tend to unify around a doctrine like covenant theology or reformed theology or evangelicalism, or they form around polity, which is church government, like Presbyterianism, like plurality of elders, or Episcopalian, it's a form of government, or Roman Catholic. So these are polity, they unify around polity, which is a church form of government, and or doctrine, something like that, and or around a certain personality, which is a cult. But God is saying, I want to form a corporality of apostles and prophets. So there's a plurality of elders, translocal and local. I'm not going to elevate one person. I'm going to elevate my father heart. But there are going to be safe daddies and mommies that can bring divine order and divine life to a family. And they're going to unify around the father heart of God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. They're going to unify around that, that uh, apostolic leadership and the, around the values, the, the vision, the culture, and the strategies that are given to that tribe. See the difference? Very different, actually. So God is transforming the church. He's changing the expression of Christianity in this generation. And he's transitioning the church, and it's all about father and family through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. That's what he's doing. Why is tribal gathering so important? 
Families need to get together and exchange the shimmering, plasmic, jelly-like substance of Christ's affection between one another because there's life in a translocal celebration. That's why they had tribal festivals and festivities in the Old Testament. That's why they had big powwows in the New Testament. Why did they gather? Because they gathered to... to to, to attract and walk in the manifest presence and glory of God, to draw down the angelic, to reinforce identity and reinforce love and reinforce destiny, destiny to clarify the vision, to equip us to go do the, the vision when we're at home and in our everyday lives so that we don't, we don't wear out and leak. The, the goal of a tribal gathering is to be a catalytic moment where we get infused with the Father's life. We see Jesus in one another. We exchange the life of Christ between one another. We get re-envisioned, re-equipped, reignited, re-clarified. Our, our compass is set north again. Ah, oh, that's right. That's why I'm on the planet. I got lost in a lesser storyline. Ah, oh, I was meandering around and I was all upset about what she said about me. And that, you know, my, what they think about me at my work. And what, you know, and God goes, stop it. I've got a bigger storyline than he said, she said. I've got a bigger story than what your boyfriend just did to you. It's all about your eternal purpose as a daughter, your eternal calling into a family, and the kingdom of God coming into the millennials of millennials of time that you're going to have a part of ruling and reigning in. So get out of your little story and get up into a bigger, more epic story that, 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 that puts perspective on your everyday life and causes you to hold ground when everybody's being a nincompoop and a knucklehead because people are nincompoops and knuckleheads. Sometimes we are too. So God goes, I need, to, I need you to see into the spirit realm in a space and time moment where I'm, I'm dropping down on the earth and I'm forming sons and daughters of light in family that will radiate my destiny and purpose and you will, you, will, you will pick up that animating influence of that vision and that prophetic purpose. You'll absorb it into your being and you'll never be the same again. Uh, that's why we do tribal. It's not just a cute little place that we listen to somebody talk at us and jump up and down and sing and, and do some rock climbing. Everything was designed by heaven from the rock climbing to the canoeing to the fishing to, to the to time together to the training to the worship to the connecting to the meals. Everything was designed to facilitate another sliver of who the Father is. That's why we eat together. That's why we play together. It's not a conference. It's a family reunion on mission where sons and daughters come into an apostolic prophetic purpose that's going to change the nations. And what God wants the rock tribe to be is a prototype of family or tribe, a family of families. And by the way, for those of you who are new, we have uh, local churches in Kansas City and El Paso and Kirkland, Washington and other places in Myanmar and other places in the earth. And we are black. We are Hispanic. We're Asian and we're even white. We're a little too creamy at this point, but that will change over time. Trust me, it will. 
and we will be absolutely more Asian and more black and more Hispanic than we are white in due time. And, and what? Cuban. And Cuban, absolutely. And Nicaraguan. And uh, yeah, all the, I think Janet's Native American. I think she's probably Cherokee. Look at her. Look at her closely. <laughs> High cheekbone, brown eyes. And she looks great in a loincloth. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't just say that. I didn't say that. Oversharing. Tribal. What Tribal. All right. Sorry, that was uh, very funny, actually. <laughs> uh, all right, back to the point. That was recorded. Back to the point of what we're making. By the way, our culture is to have fun and be real. Have you not picked that up? This, this <laughs> all right. talk about a toilet. <laughs> I'm not going back in that swirling thing. Yeah. Yes. So, the Lord wants prototypes, prototype tribe, of that that are operating as a family of affection. We're calling it an international family of affection because that's the prophecy we got in the '80s. Is God is raising up international families of affection. And they have to have the right kind of government, the right kind of vision, the right kind of... They can't just be prophetic. They can't just be revival. They have to have all three of these kingdom realities converge. They have to have the presence of God, but they also have to be clearly covenantal in family. And then they also need to think about how to transform cities holistically, practically, in the education, in business, in you know, the arts and media. That's the point. So the rock tribe, rock meaning Christ and reclaiming of Christ's kingdom, that's our name. The rock tribe was built by heaven supernaturally and God supernaturally has gathered people together with the same vision and same values and same culture and same strategies. And this, this tribe is going to be a catalyst for the forming of many tribes, spiritual families, around the earth. We're not trying to get everybody to join the Rock Tribe. We're, we're trying to be a catalyst for the forming of many of these families in other countries, especially. So that's why we say, man, think about doing whatever you can to get to, to Laramie because uh, it's not just uh, a conference. It's about seeing and absorbing something that is, is being built by heaven. Now, I want to say it's not perfect. You know why? Because none of you are perfect, and if you're in the family, that makes us not perfect. So we're still being formed. We're, the cement is still wet. We're not a well-formed, well-oiled, awesome, you know, intergalactic, tens of thousands of people. We're a small, emerging, translocal family that is still finding its way. We're, we're popping above ground like a little plant. But you know what? There's not many of these around in the earth. There's not many of these tribes formed yet. But soon, in 30 or 40 years, this will be normal. So early adopters have to step in and pioneer their way forward. And there's going to be a lot of mistakes made. And there's a long learning curve. 
and we're going to have to work on relational skills and how to do inner healing and deliverance and how to do the things that help facilitate wholeness in other people. So I just wanted to say it's all about Father and family through Jesus by the Spirit. I wanted to lay this track again in our little emerging church so you would understand the scope and the importance of why we're doing this. And microchurch training is one of the building blocks, in other words, of how to build a kingdom and how to build a tribe. Jesus built through 12. Moses built through 10. So between 10 and 12, that building block is a big number in the kingdom. So God bless you guys and thank you. And we appreciate you opening your heart to hearing what God's doing in the earth.